Chapter Ten of Faulkner's Folly by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Ten, Orienta. I wish you'd use your influence with Joyce and urge her not to have this poppycock business go on. Barry looked troubled, and his round, good-natured face was unsmiling. I have tried," returned Beatrice Faulkner, "but she is determined, and really it can't do any harm." it might turn suspicion in the wrong direction barry what are you afraid of do you fear any revelation she may make no oh no not that but if well supposing she should declare positively that it was natalie or joyce either of them don't you see it couldn't help influencing the police i want the whole thing hushed up father is gone it can't do him any good to find out who killed him and it may make trouble for an innocent person i'll talk to joyce again but i doubt if i can change her determination to ask this orienta here absurd name yes and absurd performance all round i'll do my best and barry i'm thinking of leaving here to-morrow i've stayed longer than i intended now oh don't go away why you're kind of a-how shall i express it a go-between well not in the usually accepted sense of that term but you are that in a nice way you can tell joyce what i can't tell her at least what i say to her has no effect by the way joyce wants to go away too will they let her i don't know but since she is thinking about this orienta she's planning to stay here longer i don't know what she will do but don't you see beatrice if she goes away even for a short time natalie couldn't stay here without a chaperone so won't you stay a while longer until we see how things are going you've been such a trump all through these troubled days why everybody depends on you to-to look after things don't you know beatrice smiled at the boy for when bothered barry looked very boyish and said kindly i will stay another week then you see at first joyce was so nervous and so upset she asked me to look after the housekeeping a bit but now her nerves are better and i think the routine duties of the house help fill up her time and are really good for her well you women settle those matters between yourselves but you stay on a while and help me and natalie through the girl threatens to go away too in fact everybody wants to get out of this house and i don't blame them they were in the studio and barry looked with a shudder toward the chair where his father had met his death no i can't blame them either and yet it is a wonderful house must it go to strangers i suppose so it's joyce's of course but she doesn't want to live here i don't want to take it off her hands for natalie won't live here either you don't want it do you i oh no my own life here was a happy one but the memories of those old days and the thoughts of this recent tragedy make the place intolerable to me as a home but strangers could come in and start a new life for the old place it isn't old and it's going to be hard to sell it because of-of the crime story attached to it if we could only get matters settled up and the police off the case we could close the house and go away joyce would go back to her mother's for a time and eventually of course she will marry courtney he's a good chap and there's not a slur to be cast on him as long as my father lived eugene never said a word to joyce that all the world mightn't hear how do you know i only assert it because i know the man barry you're very young even younger than your years try to realize that i'm not saying a word against joyce or mr courtenay either but 
well since your father himself realized how matters stood between them you ought to see it too i know they cared for each other but i mean joyce and eugene both were too high-minded to let their caring go very far high-mindedness is apt to break through when people skate on thin ice but don't misunderstand me keep your faith in all the high ideals you can both in yourself and others what did you think of your father leaving such an enormous sum to natalie it was more than i supposed but father was absurdly generous and often in erratic ways he probably made that bequest one day when he was especially pleased with her posing or more likely when he himself had worked with special inspiration and had produced a masterpiece very likely miss vernon doesn't seem surprised about it oh she knew it he told her a short time ago do the police know that i fear so and those are the things that worry me if they think natalie killed my father to get that money it is a strong point against her of course she didn't but all the evidence and clues in this whole business are misleading i never saw or heard of such a mass of contradictory and really false appearances that's why i'd rather hush it all up and try not to go farther here comes natalie now i'll leave you two alone and i'll go to see what i can do with joyce about that clairvoyant matter barry scarcely heard the last words for the mere sight of natalie entering the room was enough to drive every other thought from his mind her white house-gown was of soft crape material with a draped sash of gold silk a few shades deeper than her wonderful hair gold-hued slippers and stockings completed the simple costume and in it natalie looked like a princess with all her dainty grace and delicate lines the girl had dignity and poise and as she walked across the room barry thought he had never seen anything so lovely you angel he whispered you gold angel from a fra angelico picture natalie my little angel girl he held out his arms then the girl went to him and laid her tiny snowflake of a hand on his shoulder why do you stay in this room barry i don't like it in here then we won't stay let us go out on the terrace in the sunlight the autumn afternoon sun was yet high enough to take the chill off the crisp air and on a wicker couch covered with a fur rug they sat down here's where we sat the night of began barry and then stopped not wanting to stir up awful memories i know it returned natalie you left me here where did you go barry off with thor and woden for a short tramp you said you were going upstairs don't you remember yes but where did you tramp oh around the grounds which way what a little inquisitor well let me see we went across this lawn first did you see mr courtenay on that stone bench there no i don't think so no i'm sure i didn't why i just wanted to know where did you go next come barry i'll go with you go over the same path you went that night barry looked at her curiously and said come on then they started across the lawn and soon natalie turned and looked back could you see me from here she asked not at night no but i didn't try i thought you had gone in the house and i went straight ahead the dogs were jumping all over me and i was thinking of them oh barry after the conversation we had just had were you thinking of the dogs instead of me well the dogs were bothering me and you weren't where next but barry hesitated by jove 
i don't know which way i did go next let me see natalie waited down to the italian gardens she said at last no that is i don't think so where did i go barry you must know where you went how silly it isn't silly i-i can't remember that's all then you refuse to tell me i don't refuse i just don't remember barry do remember you must after a moment's silence he turned and met her gaze squarely saying i have no recollection don't ask me that again natalie gave him a pained despairing look and without a word turned their footsteps toward the italian gardens the beautiful landscape planned and laid out by a genius down the stone steps they went and paused in the shadow of a clump of carved box then barry took her in his arms dear little girl he breathed in her ear don't be afraid it will all come out right but we don't want the truth known now don't give way as a sob shook natalie's quivering shoulders you mustn't talk or think another word about it obey me now take your mind right off the subject think of something pleasanter think of me i can't very well help that when you're so close and the lovely deep blue eyes smiled through unshed tears you heavenly thing natalie have you any idea how beautiful you are if i am i am glad for your sake i needn't ever pose again need i barry well i guess no a photograph of you all bundled up in furs is the nearest i shall ever let you come to a portrait dear when will you marry me oh i can't marry you i can't i can't then what are you doing here this is no place for a girl who isn't to be my wife and barry caressed with his finger-tips the pink cheek which was all of the flower-face that showed from the collar of his tweed jacket i oughtn't to be here but-but i love you barry i do-i do of course you do my blessed infant now as we didn't get along very well with our marriage settlement for a topic let's try again beatrice wants to go away from here do you want her to oh no don't let her go i'd be lost without her i want to go you know but i can't i suppose beg her to stay as long as i do won't you dear the pleading in the blue eyes was so tender and sweet that barry kissed them both before replying i will darling i'll beg anybody in the world for anything you want if i have to become a professional mendicant now brace up sweetheart for i want to talk to you about lots of things and how can i if you burst into tears at every new subject i bring up i'm upset to-day barry mine don't let's talk just wander around the gardens wander it is and barry started off obediently still with his arm around her unhand me villain she said trying to speak gaily but it was impossible and the scarlet lips trembled into a curve that broke barry's heart for its sadness he gathered her to himself dear heart you are all unstrung go to your room for a time don't you want to let beatrice look after you she's kindness itself indeed she is i'll do that and i'll come back barry a new woman for heaven's sake don't do that you'd make a fine militant suffragist no not that but a sensible commonplace girl who can talk without crying 
commonplace isn't exactly the word i'd choose to describe you you wonder thing but run away and powder your nose it needs it ha i thought that would stir you up as natalie pouted run along and i'll see you at dinner-time and this evening we'll have our chat but that evening orienta came joyce had refused to listen to any one's objections and had made the appointment with the clairvoyant to come for a preliminary conference whether she gave them a seance or not barry and natalie refused at first to meet the visitor but joyce persuaded them to see her so that they might argue intelligently for or against her beatrice consented to be present for joyce had begged it as a special favour and so when blake ushered the stranger into the reception-room she was greeted pleasantly by all the members of the household nor was this perfunctory for the charm of the guest was manifest from the first at her entrance at the first sound of her low silvery voice each hearer was thrilled as by an unexpected bit of music mrs stannard she said as joyce rose and held out her hand the long cloak of a deep pansy-coloured satin fell back showing its lining of pale violet and the dark oriental face lighted with responsive cordiality while she returned the greetings selecting a stately tall-backed chair orienta sank into it and crossed her dainty feet on a cushion which barry offered her purple hat was like a turban but its soft folds were neither conspicuous nor eccentric she chose to keep her hat on and also retained her long cloak which thrown back disclosed her robe of voluminous folds of dull white silk made in oriental design it was yet modishly effective and suited well the type of its wearer though not beautiful the woman was wonderfully charming in looking at her each auditor forgot self and others in contemplation of this strange personality each of the four observing her had eyes only for her and didn't even glance aside to question the other's approval without seeming to notice this mute tribute orienta began to speak we will waste no time in commonplaces she said her voice as perfectly modulated as that of a great actress they cannot interest us at this time it is for you to tell me whether or not you wish to command my services in this matter of mystery if so well if not i go away and that is all the name she had chosen to adopt was a perfect description of her whole personality her oval face was of olive complexion her eyes not black but the darkest seal-brown her hair as it strayed carelessly from the edges of the confining turban was brown in moist tendrils at the temples as if she were under some mental excitement it was evident to the women at least that the scarlet of her full lips and the flush on her cheekbones was artificial but it gave the impression of being frankly so and not with intent to deceive it was perfectly applied at any rate and the flash of her ivory white teeth made her smile fascinating that's the word barry stannard thought as it occurred to him she's fascinating that's what she is not entirely wholesome not altogether to be trusted but very very fascinating with a subtle understanding orienta perceived that barry had set his stamp of approval on her and turned her attention to the women i in no way urge or insist upon my suggestions she said i only tell you what i can do and it is for you to say for you i suppose mrs stannard yes said joyce and her tone was decided yes it is for me to say and i say i want you i want you to tell us anything you can anything about the mystery that has come to this house i want to know who killed my husband and i want to know why and all the details of the deed 
oh barry protested don't begin with that joyce let madame orienta tell us something of less importance first let us have a seance or a reading or whatever the proper term may be and test her powers the visitor gave him a slow smile it is as i am instructed she said in a matter-of-fact everyday sort of way but i must inform you before going further that my fees are not small test my powers in any way you choose but i must include the test in my final statement of your indebtedness all right said barry i'll pay the test bill and then joyce if you want to go on with your plans you can assume the further expense can we do anything to-night asked natalie she had sat breathless listening but now with eyes like stars she eagerly questioned you are interested and orienta looked at her oh so much but i fear what you will reveal fear my revelations only because i know they will not be true but you will make us think they are instead of being annoyed or offended orienta looked at her and smiled from beneath her heavy dark brows you are psychic yourself she said yes said natalie i am End of chapter 10